0: Congratulations on the movie. Uh, the best compliment I can give you is that I woke up thinking about it. And awesome. that doesn't happen too often. So I'll just say that. Thank you. you know. brother. Um, so I have a ton of questions because I have so much time with you. Let's jump in. Um, what movie do
1: you think you've seen the most? Either Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark or Jaws or Silence of the Lambs. It's, it's, they're all fighting they, we just watched Silence of the Lambs again, so it's, it's still ticking up.
0: <laughs> when you watch movies like that, do you ever, as a director, because I've spoken to some directors and they, they've talked to me or they mentioned that like, they've taken notes or they've written down shots or whatever. Have you ever watched any of these films and like written down something specific that you want to incorporate into something you want to do? I don't
1: want to say I always take notes, but I often take notes watching movies. Um, I just have a pad next to me. Um, always try to kind of learn something, but I don't, I'm, I'm very much lost in the story, but if something cinematically hits me, I'll, I'll scribble it down on the, on the piece of paper uh, next to me. If I'm, if I'm at a certain point in the making of a movie, uh, especially the writing, the latter stages of writing, like this, the last third of the writing process, I'm very careful about what I watch because that's super, super influencing me.
0: I I completely get it. Do you have a favorite sci-fi or fantasy film?
1: I mean, so many. Um, When you said that, I went to Alien right away. Just as soon as you said that.
0: Sure, let's 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 do that one. If you weren't writing and
1: directing, what do you think you would have done? Now I would say I would love to have opened a bookstore and have a small bookstore, but that's more of like a fantasy retirement job than I guess my 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 alternate career. I guess I I guess I would have been a doctor, right? I mean, that's what. My, pa- my parents are, all my uncles and aunts are, uh, you know, I, I think that would have probably, you know, been odd bedside demeanor, I'm probably telling stories to the patients, but, but. <laughs> sure. uh, is there anything that you collect? Fantastic question. Um, I, I do collect posters, you know, so I have, uh, but I'm running out of wall space because I don't like to have them kind of like hidden anywhere. So. Sure. Um, I, I have all, all a first first edition Hitchcock posters in my house. Do you have the huge ones? Uh, no, the the kind of the one sheets. Uh, sure. So you come yeah. in and they're the, all the one sheets from the original, including Rebecca, which is a very rare f- first edition to have of of the of that movie. Which I love that movie. Uh, I can only have you posted any pictures of the posters. You know, I should. I should actually. I did. It did cross my mind. I should uh, do that. That wall of those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I because I, I want to see them. So I'm selfish. So- yeah, sure. <laughs> um, what what TV series have you watched all the way through more than once?
1: Hmm. I'm wondering if that actually exists. That 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 I did do that. I've been toying with going back to watch Sopranos from beginning to end. Sure. Um so that that's probably I'm gonna I've been toying with that and hmm. I mean, you're not counting like friends in the office, right? You're not counting. You got counting that. That doesn't no, no, count. You, you, That's perpetually on in everyone's house all the time. That doesn't. Well, doesn't. here's the thing, though. Like you can, that
0: does count because you can say, you know, friends is always on or the office is always on. So
1: that, that yeah. does count. Yeah, I think, you know, the, 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 the trilogy of, of Seinfeld, the Office, and and Friends, I think is a, more the Friends. More is more my my daughters and my wife that they have it on t- all the time. You know, Rachel's doing something in our house at all times. So <laughs>
0: I, I understand. What do you wish you knew earlier in your career that you've learned as you've made
1: all your projects? Wow, what a great question. Um, that the thing that is. That at times makes it dissonant in its immediate consumption at that moment. That thing is not necessarily a bad thing, and oftentimes is the the wonderful thing about it that makes it um, resonate uh, and and make its makes its brothers and sisters the other films even more uh, seen in a in a stronger light. So, for example, that uh, um, that's that. Signs was my biggest opening movie is because of Unbreakable. That, like, that, 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 that kind of relationship of the dissonant movie to the next movie, you know, like that is uh, something that I've learned over time is, you know, it's a very strange thing to do art and commerce together like that. And um, I've been so lucky to have this long relationship with the audience and the ones that 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 has created this bond are the dissonant ones that 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 has that just that weird thing about them. And so I would tell my younger self because I, I tack towards that. Like my my instinct is that to do that kind of dissonant thing and to follow that. To just don't don't worry about you know being the popular kid on the day.
0: People used to go to see a Hitchcock movie because it was a Hitchcock movie, mm. and now people go to see a movie because of your name. Has it ever? When did it hit you that, like, oh my god, my name is actually getting people into a theater?
1: You know, I, I don't think I've quite internalized that <laughs> entirely yet. I mean, it's weird to uh, pass a billboard or something. We went to a wedding. The first thing we did is after the pandemic, the first kind of thing, we went to a friend's wedding, and I it was it was in Baltimore, and drove up and got out of the car, come into the hotel, and all the bellboys had the masks on, and they were like old, old, and they were all yelling, yelling it out. And I'm like, wow, this is wild that they're that they're coming. They're interested in the author, and then went into the Starbucks, and the guy at the Starbucks was like, July 23rd, man, July 23rd. I was like, wow, this is you know, it's a, it's amazing. Uh, it's, I, I take it very seriously. The relationship um, uh, of of the craft of it that that relationship. It's one that you know we have with authors of of novels. It's one we have with authors of plays, um, and it's rare more more rare in our in our in the movie industry. Um, just a blessing, dude. I you know what can I what can I say? I mean you know we my movies opening up in movie theaters in a few weeks here, and you know first one that went all over the world is 1999. So it's like man, it's, it's amazing. What
0: you don't know about the story you just told me is that uh, the the employees at the hotel and at the Starbucks were all given five dollars each by your wife to say these.
1: <laughs> is that right? Is that right?
0: Yes. <laughs> so
1: I just want to keep. No, by this. the way, we work the other way. My wife would be like, "Here's five dollars, not to say, not just so, just don't don't tell him, it. don't say, don't remind him as a because Here's five dollars, just don't say it." Right. <laughs> uh, you've worked with all different
0: budgets, and I'm curious if you find working with a lower budget is almost more, cre- like, more, I don't know, um, it's easier, not because it's less money, but because it's almost less responsibility to the people paying for the movie. And if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. Like, can you sort of talk about what it's like working in these different budget levels?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been the secret sauce uh, um, to do these four movies uh, and make them, you know, at, at a very low number, the lowest I can make it for. Um, I... I, in that relationship with my partners, I can deliver the most unique and provocative uh, product, which I think is our weapon th- to be different. The more di- the, the, the more different it is, the better it is for us in the marketplace. That's my thesis. and But I'm being responsible, you know? Um, it's a very interesting thing, you know? We're trying to do something anomalous, like say we're releasing old in the summer. And honestly, every movie that's out is at least you know, 10 times the cost of the movie of old. Right. And, um, and I, 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 does give me comfort when I, it allows me to do very provocative things, darker things. I don't have to, you know, feel like I have to play it safe. I can be very dissonant, like we were saying, you know, um, and know that for the most part, we're, we're, we're going to be okay. You know, and um, we're building a, uh, a relationship that the studio and I love with, with the, with, the audience. I think it's been, it's a very special thing, dude, that's going on. I, I, um, um, I don't mind, you know, doing it this way. In fact, I love it, you know, and in fact, other filmmakers, I would say you should make your movies for the lowest number that you can have freedom. That, that, that should be your goal. There's an equation for that. And the moment you take the extra dollar, you have now committed to something other than, I'm going to listen to the, the, these strange voices that are telling me, slow it down or kill this person or have this you know you know shock them in this way
0: this question i asked to a lot of filmmakers but i think you're in in a different position because i think a lot of people want to be in business with you and if you came up with an idea but there must have been something or maybe uh if you could get the financing for any dream project uh what would you make and why and i'm not sure if this question applies to you but let's let's see
1: yeah, um, I don't know if it applies to me, dude, because that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'm trying to think, is there a movie to finance that? Yeah, like I said,
0: this might be a, a question that doesn't apply to you, because I, as I said, I would imagine everyone wants to be in the night business. So it's like, well, you know.
1: Well, you well you, you bring up an interesting thing, like say there was a big franchise movie, right? That I was like, wow, I'm really interested in this because it has an, a great opportunity But I want to do the small version of that, and that has happened. I won't say what movies that has happened. That has crossed my mind. Wow, I would be interested to do the eighteen million dollar version of that, if if everyone was willing to do that. Um, uh, And it crosses my mind, but then it becomes you know it's so that particular IP is so important to uh, that the that studio or that 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 company that risking it in that way makes no sense you know why would you allow try to invent it in that way um there's actually been i think three of those situations where i was like hey i'll do the really kind of like down and dirty version of that uh so it's kind of the reverse a little bit it's almost like you know will they allow me not to take the money and not to spend (laughs) the money it's do it in this in this way but then the ramifications of that are uh, limitations that I believe in that are, that are, that are positive. Um, let me ponder more. Maybe I can think about it, but yeah, it's weird because that is what I'm doing, right? I'm, I'm financing these movies that are not, that wouldn't be able to be financed in the studio system traditionally.
0: Uh, do you have a lot of scripts in the desk that have never been made?
1: No, I wrote one in college that I almost made um, at the time. And, and, and then I made uh uh, the other movie for Miramax at that time but there's only one since then that I've written that um are you talking labor of love yeah labor 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 is there there's actually two if there's one more that I I have another idea for that I I may make one day so that one's the one. so there's two there's two
0: whatever happened with labor of love I think you were going to do that with Bruce Willis yeah uh, whatever what happened with that one
1: you know, it's, it's been it's it's emerged so many times in my career. A uh, uh, couple times with, with Denzel, um, and it's it's just a drama. You know, it's just a, there's nothing. It's not a thriller. It's just a drama. It's something that I, I wrote. It was it's a romance essentially. You know, uh, and um, I wrote it. It was the first thing that I wrote that actually brought me into the industry in a real way. It was so long ago. Um, So it means a lot to me. It's very emotional. Um, At this point, it's almost a period piece because it was set in like, you know, 1993, 94, you know? So it's like 94, it's like, you'd have, it it won't make any sense now with cell phones and everything that we have, smartphones. And so you would either literally have to do it as a period piece now uh, from that time period. Uh, It's very meaningful to me. It almost almost feels like a novel or something that I wrote, but that's... um, Trying to know when and when to do it and how to do it has always been, a, a, been on my mind. It is a very meaningful piece to me.
0: What do you, which of your films went through the biggest change from your first draft on the mm-hmm. page to what people see on screen or saw on screen?
1: Great question. Man, let's see. My initial reaction is, is Sixth Sense because that was the one that started out as just a straight crime. Kind of, you know, there was no therapist. It was a serial killer movie. When it first, when I first wrote it, Um, it you know, it was a, it was a crime scene photographer was the, was the main character, and his child sees the, the victims of the, of the, the serial killer. So that was the original idea that I had in my head.
0: Which of your films do you think had the longest, had
1: the most deleted scenes? wow great question that's that one i am be guessing i would be guessing at because it's that's a tricky one you have to see uh, i have all these cards for each scene when you're editing and then as they go into the graveyard as they come out they go into this this pile that i call the graveyard that 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 that, that list goes i'm thinking it's split i'm thinking it's split that had, the, that had whole storylines that came out, a character that came out. You know, the first cut of that was like three hours. So it was, it was big.
0: Right, and that's and I, I apologize for not knowing, but do all of your deleted scenes end up on like a Blu-ray or a DVD, or mm-hmm. there's still a lot of things sort of in a basement somewhere?
1: Uh, not all of them end up. I, I, I'm careful not to make the analysis on the Blu-ray so forensic that you it, it's hard to watch the movie, you know? Um, so there's a little calibration that goes on in terms of, let's say, for example, there was a, a character that was cut out, I'm, that may or may not be okay for you to watch the movie after you knew that. So I try to, you know, I wanna make keep, you know, keep the purity of the movie as much as possible. I don't mind scenes that give you more depth into the characters. So I tend to put those kind of scenes in the, the deleted scenes. Not every scene that was deleted. Completely.
0: Um, I believe many years ago you met with Spielberg about writing a fourth Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Did you ever come up with your MacGuffin and the idea, or was it more just like a basic meeting?
1: Oh my god, it was! It was. I mean, it was fantastic. You know, obviously Raiders is like you know my favorite movie of all time, and so this was a dream. Um, like, you know, to be asked as a kid to, to go see a movie and a movie theater and then later to be asked by that person to write one of those in the future. I mean, that's his, you know, I mean, I like, you could paint, you know, faint. I could faint at that moment. It was amazing. Um, I do have my notebooks. I still have those with all my ideas for for that movie. I did have a, I did have a take. I did have a take. Um, I talked to everybody involved and it was so nascent at that time, that movie. So every, no one had gotten, we hadn't, everyone hadn't gotten into a room yet. They were kind of bouncing ideas off of me. So everyone had different ideas of of what to do, but I ha- I definitely when you say that I have in my head and I, it's a green notebook and I, I I had this idea it was it was a, it was a darker idea.
0: <laughs> Got it? Did you because every every you know uh, Indiana Jones movie has the MacGuffin. So, mm. but had you thought about what that was yet?
1: I, I, I did I did yeah I, I had an idea I, look I didn't I didn't pitch it to them or anything like that but yeah. I had kind of an idea.
0: Okay, I won't press you any further. Um, I know that you also expressed interest many years ago in Harry Potter. Do you mm. view that as something that sort of got away, or were you sort of like these movies are really good? It's it's cool.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, we we our kids watch them and we all watch them and and love them. They have a kind of a um, almost a nostalgia about them now. Um, a time, an innocence about them that, you know, represented a certain time in filmmaking, I think. And um, I find them, you know, beautiful. I know, obviously I know a lot of my, you know, Rupert's now in my show and, you know, um, so I've always felt close to them when I met them all as kids and, you know, I, I was in my late twenties when I was meeting them and now they're older than I am when I met them. And so it's weird you know, um, it's amazing it would have been a, a, you know those are those are more than a job that you have to change a lot you know those are you got to move to England and you upload you know change your whole life and um I, I guess it goes right to the core of are you making original movies or are you not kind of so it, there was there was some really fundamental when you're making movies of that scale and all of that stuff and again kind of talking about all this the, this those were early days but talking about What type of voice are you and what is the best way to tell those stories where your voice can be your voice is it in large-scale movies like that um uh, does your imagination work that way or does it work in this kind of almost you know indie way
0: sure uh roger deakins and steven soderbergh are famous for very limited coverage on set they generally have one camera set up they're getting very limited you know almost no coverage uh, Roger famously shot, I believe, Blade Runner and and James Bond with one camera, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm curious: when you're on set, how much coverage yeah. are you trying to do? How much are you just doing the minimal coverage?
1: Yeah, there's no there's no coverage per se. Um, we shoot everything that I drew. Um, there's no 99.99999% of the time there isn't anything else that we're doing. It's just the things I drew, and that's what we're we're shooting exactly in that way. Um, um, when Roger and I uh, did the village together, you know, we kind of worked out the shots, and that's it. That's what that's what's there. Um, uh, and so it's it's play like, and you know, I'm I'm of that mind uh, entirely of the old school mentality of make the movie in your head and go and go get that movie.
0: Sure. How do you typically? like to talk to your actors before they step on set the first day? Are you giving them uh, certain things to watch, certain things to
1: read? Like how, what is that dynamic like? It varies actor to actor, project to project, but there there is a, uh, we do rehearse a lot. It's like a, it's like a a theater. And I, it's like on old, I, you know, it was a very much like a theater group. And I would say to them, hey, you know, think of the the, the blocking and the movement of the, with your relationship to the camera as dance moves and not as hey my character would do this or my character would do that it's in this is the choreography of the movement of the camera and how I was thinking of it in terms of your positioning in juxtaposition to others and in relationship to the camera and when you take a step forward we're moving this way the other I see the other person her cheek comes in all that stuff and think of it as choreography and then I'm going to talk you through the emotional meaning of that choreography and within that seeming structure there's infinite ways to perform it um and so when it's very complicated choreography we uh, I'm, I'm very they try to do it early so that they get comfortable with hey this is how i'm seeing it and ones that are more fluid like hey i have a locked off frame and you can move whatever you want into the bathroom out of the bathroom come in you know there's like a scene where they're in the movie where they're fighting and i put a a, a light on a bed and one in the bathroom and I was like go wherever you want and these are the these are the, the hit points but you could be I was like I said you could be entirely in the bathroom and I never see you if you wanted to do that version that take so there's times where I'm like you know your your complete spontaneity is what I'm looking for
0: uh jumping into old because i'm realizing i'm just about out of time um this is your first time shooting something out of philadelphia uh will it be your last time fil- filming something out out of philadelphia
1: um i don't think so i you know the next few movies that i have in my head are are, are kind of you could shoot them all in philly um, um one of them takes place in in in, a, in in a couple locations outside but they're very contained so I, you know, a a lot of them could be done the traditional way, but I'm getting more comfortable with writing exterior and then it's not Philadelphia. Normally it's exterior Philadelphia, interior building Philadelphia. Um, And probably because my kids have gotten older and um, I feel the freedom to do that.
0: One of the things that's interesting about this is that you have different actors playing the same characters. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them, I should say. Was there ever like a sort of in your mind, like, do I want to make it that every 15 minutes There's going to be a different actor like sort of talk about in your mind, the progression, how you wanted to depict that on screen and how much is it sort of like when you have like a movie star or a star that you need to like have in the movie, you sort of have to play a little bit more like I need this character on screen for an hour because Mm -hmm. they're like a star and they're helping me sell the movie versus does that Mm -hmm. make any sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't quite think of it, but yes, yes. I I didn't quite think of it like that, but there was a math equation here of making sure I wasn't looking at prosthetics the whole movie. That was critical to me. I didn't want that. I didn't want that feeling. I wanted it to be um, various ways of representing this movement of look and age. And um, I, I remember, and even now, the idea of insinuating people on the edge of frame or being behind them. And, you know, uh, I thought that was a wonderful way to be provocative with the audience to kind of say, well, now the kids are older, um, but I'm not showing them to you. And what I wonder what they look like. And you're just getting, wow, they look their hair looks the same, but they don't, they don't quite look the same. And that movement of, can I find actors that really look like each other that are, you know, 15 years apart. Can I, can I, do that do they move and they 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 actually can feel like each other? How can we use CGI or prosthetics in a very gentle, delicate way that create like, wow, I'm seeing, I'm seeing them. There's in that from that scene to that scene, they're slightly older. You catching it or you might not catch it, that kind of thing. So we analyze that and every actor got how old they were in every scene. They got a chart of like age, age for every every scene that they were in.
0: I don't want to be specific because obviously I don't want to spoil anything, but this is one of those movies that could have ended in a few different places in my mind. Mm. And I don't want to, uh, I think the ending's great, but I'm curious how you ended up where you did because you, I don't, and again, it's hard without being specific, but there is, there is a few places where I'm like, where, you know what I mean? I guess was, was, was it always this ending or did you ever have another version of it? Or a a different
1: thought of where this could end? It was always this ending. For me, the graphic novel, which had no ending, essentially, um, and didn't explain anything, had a few frames in it where I thought they were insinuating something. And so I kept writing that version of the story in my head. I go, ooh, that that must mean that. If that, that image of that person over there hmm that that must mean that that there's something else going on and so m- for me it was very much from the graphic novel like you know almost like a, a painting that was unfinished that they are insinuating what the rest of the painting was so that ending that you have was from that it was from from that so it was always that version and there were different rhythms of of how did to, to uh, convey that that ending that there was various versions of conveying that but it was always that end Thank you so
0: much for your time. Hopefully these questions
1: were not uh, too painful. No, super fun, dude, as always.